fighting against the woke establishment, rhino Republicans, and anyone else that stands in his way. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio. Hello and welcome. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for listening. We have some important things to talk about today, so let's go ahead and get started. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is possibly the lowest net worth candidate for President of the United States if he so chooses to run in 2024. Another thing we'll be talking about is in the 82nd District, the House race for Ohio between Roy Kloppenstein and Ted Penner, Commissioner from Paulding County, Roy, and the lawyer from Defiance, Ted. The State Central Committee race in the 1st District, the 1st Senate District in Ohio, between Bob Campbell, Tony Schrader, and I believe the last name is James Horton. I don't know James, but he's on the list too. He's going to be on the ballot. And then the last thing we'll be talking about is the August 2nd election in Ohio, the second primary that will be taking place, and uh, it's got a lot of taxpayers upset about. So let's jump into her. Governor Santos, who is 43 years old, still has over $21,000 in student debt. He doesn't trade individual stocks. His net worth is close to $320,000. Far lower than any than many top politicians, and if he runs for president, he may clock in at the lowest net worth in the crowded field. And we know it would be crowded. You probably have names like Mike Bloomberg, the crazy socialist globalist that's a billionaire, Ted Cruz, Matthew McConaughey, Mike Pence. Can't forget one of the greatest presidents, Donald Trump. And obviously the list goes on. Also, for the people who don't know, Ron DeSantis has also dropped an 8.5% in his individual net worth and over the last three years, as Florida's chief executive officer, which is really surprising. Um, it's kind of hard to find a, a poor politician out there. And obviously, I know having $320,000 in net worth is not being poor. It's kind of crazy how he's not trading individual stocks. I mean, you can look out there how many politicians are trading individual stocks. The list goes on. Nancy Pelosi does it very well in California. Should be jailed for insider trading. But obviously that probably won't happen. Here in the great state of Ohio, we obviously know that Governor DeWine is dabbling in stocks. And his net worth is a little bit over $37 million. And he's having all sorts of problems with getting his state back on track when it comes to being business-friendly, people-friendly, low-crime, attracting tourists. It seems like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has a much better strategy at that, but he's, must, he's a much lower net worth individual. Obviously, he's much younger, but not by much. 
but it just shows you who's corrupt and who's not. Mike DeWine hasn't made over a million dollars in a year that he should have, in my opinion, unless he's made it off stock or some other thing. Because he's only been a politician his whole entire life, I went through uh, his list of accomplishments or office holdings. He's had a lot of different offices out there. All the way from Green County Prosecutor, the Ohio State Senate, the U.S. Senate, the U.S. House of Representatives, Ohio's Attorney General, Ohio's Lieutenant Governor, and Ohio's governor. So he has a long list of political experience, but he has an enormous more amount of net worth compared to Governor Ron DeSantis. So I will tip my hat to you, Governor Ron DeSantis. Thank you for being not corrupt like our governor here in Ohio, Mike DeWine. To the Ohio listeners, please hold Mike DeWine to the fire. Do everything you can to hold him accountable for First Energy and what he's done during the COVID reign. But I wonder who else will be running in the president, uh, the presidential election in 2024. I know I said those couple different names. It's interesting. Well, Ron DeSantis even put his hat in the ring. A lot of people say that he hasn't even said anything about running. A lot of people say that he's talking about it. It's just curious because... We all know Trump most likely will make a run for president in 2024. And then also you have the, you know, bug in your ear or the little bird talking about Mike Pence raising a bunch of money for running for president. So it's interesting. He's raising a bunch of money to run for president and you're going to have these three political powerhouses in a primary, plus maybe Ted Cruz. It's just going to be interesting. 2024 is going to be one of the biggest elections of our lifetime. We're probably going to be saying that until we die because a lot of these elections are so important. We need to get them right. All right, let's move on to the 82nd District House race in the great state of Ohio happening on August 2nd because of the redistricting chaos that Republicans blame it on Justice Bruner. Other conservatives blame it on our feckless legislator and Secretary of State. But we can point all the fingers we want. We can do, we can scream, we can say whatever. The fact of the matter is, Ohioans are looking looking like they're going to be paying some money for this. So it's a problem. So Ted and Roy. I don't know them personally. I've got to speak with Roy a few times. I got to hear them both speak at a central committee reading in Van Wert County. I'd like to have both on the show. I think we could get a lot of information out of both of them. I think it's important that we get information because the sec 82nd House District seat is important. A guy by the name of Craig Riedel held the seat and decided he needed to be in D.C. to fight the swamp instead of fighting the swamp in Ohio and left us with these two options. Not saying they're bad options. I just don't believe Craig Riedel should have been thinking or even wanting to go to D.C. If you're a state legislator, legislator, 
your desk should be piled high full of things that need to be done. The legislator in Ohio gets absolutely nothing done. So what I'd like to say to Ted and Roy is what are you guys going to try to get done if you're going to go there, if you're able to make it? And will, when you get there, will you abandon your constituents like other politicians have done in the past? Because again, it almost seems like when you get to the state legislator, the leaders get a hold of you, they get that leash on you, and you're only allowed to do what they tell you to do. Let's go and bring up HB 248. A wonderful bill that would not allow many of the population to be jabbed unwillingly by their employers. Not just by the COVID vaccine, but by any vaccine. I believe that people should have that right. That bill should have passed through the legislature, through health committee, with no problems. It should have been so easy to get that bill through, yet Bob Cup fought it in committee. They ripped off Jennifer Gross, Representative Gross, from the 57th District. I still believe it's the 57th District. If I got that wrong, I will correct it in the next podcast. But Representative Jennifer Gross was killed in this fight for health freedom. They kicked her off committee. They did everything they could to kill this bill and try to ultimately kill her. But she stayed strong and she's still fighting for medical freedom. So I hope that these legislators will go and fight for medical freedom if they get in. On the record, I do have Roy telling me to my face that he would support HB 248. That's really important for Ohioans in the 82nd District. I would like Ted Penner to be able to be asked that question on my show, and hopefully he's able to answer it the same. Because that would make this race much, much more interesting. All righty. The State Central Committee race. This one's pretty important because there's a lot of problems going down in the State Central Committee. We can bring up the lawsuit that was filed by, I think, five or six other State Central Committee members wanting to see financials from the Ohio Republican Party claiming that there's $3 million missing from their financials. But I would like to mention that lawsuit has been tossed. So that's out of the picture. But there's a lot more to come by that. It's not completely dead. It's just the courts being the courts and people knowing people. So there's a lot going to happen with the state central committee, but the people running, this is interesting. You have James Horton, which I do not know and I have not heard of, but he's here on the ballot. Tony Schrader, which I do know. Uh, do know, I believe he is the Putnam County chairman. 
And then Robert Campbell, also called Bob, mostly. He also is a, is a husband of Gina Campbell, and they are both serving currently on the State Central Committee in the 1st District, Senate District in Ohio. From what I've heard and the information that I've gathered from people who are involved in State Central Committee and people who are working with people trying to better the State Central Committee in Ohio are that Gina and Bob Campbell are patriots and they're malcontents, as Bob, Bob Paducic calls people, malcontent. They're not very happy about the missing funds. They're not for primary endorsements. And they're not for rigging the game for the establishment as much. The people on State Central Committee need to be loyal to their constituents and let the constituents of that district have the right to vote in a primary, and we need to cut these primary endorsements off. Bob Campbell and Gina Campbell are against primary endorsements. From what I've heard, Tony is as well. I don't know much about James. I'd love to have all of them on the show. Just ask them the great questions. There's no, there, there's no way to get better information than bringing someone on and having a man-on-man conversation, man-on-woman, however you want to put it, and talk about the policies that they plan to take towards the state central committee. We can ask, we can ask about the lawsuit. Will Tony Strader talk about how, well, we need, to, we need to keep digging into this lawsuit. We need to keep digging into finding out where this money went. Or will he say, the lawsuit's been dismissed, get it out. There's only one way to find out. I hope we're able to get all of them on. That'll be very, very, very interesting. But a big question is, why is Tony primarying Bob? Because I know Tony a little bit more than Bob, I believe. And from the memes and things I see on Facebook, he's anti-mask, he's anti-mandate, he's anti-COVID, seems like. The virus comes from Wuhan, China. It's not very deadly, etc. These are the things I'm getting when I see him post stuff on social media. But yet the people who he's campaigning for and hanging out for or hanging out with are okay with masking children in schools. They're okay with giving children the age, the age of five and below experimental jab. They're okay with shutting down businesses for a long period of time. You really are who you hang out with a lot of the times. I guess not every time because sometimes you got to work with people. But a lot of time you are who you hang out with. I know I quoted Roy Kloppenstein and confirmed that he said he would vote for HB 248. I will quote Tony Schrader and saying that Keith Cheney is a good guy. But this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm trying to figure out the information for myself, put it down on a piece of paper, and talk about it. 
And hopefully he's able to come on the show and talk about it as well. All of these people. I'd love to have them all on. I also like to talk about the women running in state central committee races. For the first district, you have Luann Cook. Haiti Sadler, which I believe she's being removed from the ballot. Or she hasn't been yet, which is curious because, you know, her name is on the ballot here for the August 2nd primary. But she is backing Gina Campbell from what I've heard. They both uh, filed petitions, Haiti, Haiti, Haidley and uh, Gina, because they did not know where the districts would end up. They didn't know if they were going to end up in diff- different districts so they could both be, both run, which is smart. I'm glad they were prepared. But now it looks like it's down to Luann and Gina. And an interesting thing about Luann, or I'm sorry, yes, Luann Cook, she's working for the governor, Mike DeWine. So that, just, that should tell you more things about the Campbells. Obviously, they're doing some great things if they have people who work for the governor running against them and trying to unseat them for state central committee. I believe people need to get behind these people. This is a good thing. This is a good thing for the state that people are fighting And also, DeWine is scared, and he knows it. He knows that he needs to get his people to run for office. He knows he needs to get his people in there because they've had enough. They've called on to him. I'd love to have all of them on the show, like I've said before, for the ORP State Central Committee race and for the state race. Now, I know Rob McCauley is also up for re-election. He has no buddy that's filed petitions on the Republican side or the Democrat side. Now, I have not checked the independent ticket, but from what I can see, Rob McCulley is going to win his next, his, his next, his last term easily as anyone could with no competition. And as much as I like Rob, he's a nice guy. They all are. Someone should have primaried him. Someone should have made him work for it. I believe forums would be good for all of these candidates to get all of these candidates in front of the people to give them questions and to let the people know where they stand and how they will negotiate and legislate in Columbus and will they be compromised and confiscated while they're there. We're moving on to the last segment here which would be the August 2nd primary. It's a tough thing to talk about because it's costing taxpayers 20 to $30 million to do. And sadly, no one knows about this election. Now I know some people do, but really not the good, not the majority of the populations. I don't even know if the majority of the population knew when the May 3rd primary was. You have a 22% out, out, uh, 22% voter turnout in Paulding County. You have a 25% voter turnout in Defiance County. That's not good. 
So what do you think the August 2nd election is going to be? I hope not much less than 20%. I'd love to see, I'd love to see it at 30%. We need to get people we need to get people voting in elections because the way these establishment people win elections is because they vote. The establishment vote. They vote in primaries. They vote in a lot of elections. We need to make sure we get out and vote. Tell a lot of people you know about this August 2nd election. So like I talked about before, for the State Central Committee man, James Norton, Tony Strader, and Robert R. Campbell, Robert E. Campbell are all running for them. Robert Campbell's the incumbent. And like I said, it's just, it's, it's mind-bottling that Tony is trying to challenge this guy. I, I can't wait for a forum, and I can't wait for an interview, if he allows it. For the women, you have Luann Cook, Haiti Sadler, and Jeannie Campbell. Like I tried to mention before, Haiti might be taking off. From what I've heard, she was backing Gianna the whole time. Robert McCulley is going to be unopposed. And then for the 82nd District, like I talked about before, you have Roy and Ted. For the Democrats, obviously we got to put the Democrats in here because we're trying to educate everyone on everything. Please let everyone know who's running, no matter what party they're running for. Charles Bakel is running for the State Central Committee man in the 1st District. Andrew Van Horn would be running against Charles. The incumbent, that I do not know. Eve Gray is running unopposed for the State Central, State Central Committee woman for the Democrat Party. No one has filed petitions for State Senator. Magladine Mark Ward is going to be running for the Democrat nominee for the 82nd District in the Democrat Party. So she will be going up against either Roy or Ted. And hopefully we find out who those are on August 2nd, and it's not a week later. Which the primary is on May 3rd. Did very well on getting the election out. Let's just hope it was all accurate. Which there'll be some other people I'll be having on the show later in the months as we get closer to August and they got a lot of cool stuff about election integrity and a lot of things, a lot of different things that maybe happened on May 3rd that maybe happened in 2020 that they've went and they've investigated and they've been to the Board of Elections and they've talked to specialists, special people that are in that special field, and they know exactly what's going on. And we're just going to expose it piece by piece, peel the onion back until a lot of people know the absolute truth. So speaking about this August 2nd election, the Ohio Senate passed funding for $20 million to fund this election, $20 million, and the vote was 31 to 1. So one lonely senator voted against funding this election, which might have been me if I was in the Senate. We're going to be moving on to the verse of the day. You got Psalms 135, chapter 130, verse 5. 
I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. So this is encouragement for me and for all of you listeners to open up your Bible, read it, get to know Jesus Christ. If we don't get him back, then our country's gone forever. He needs to be in your heart. He needs to be in your life. Please turn to Jesus Christ. Thank you guys so much for listening. Looking forward to bringing you more great news and content. This is a lot of fun. If you have anything that you believe I should be talking about, please be please email samuelcmaguire at gmail.com if you have any interviews that you'd like to do with me. If you're running for any type of office, no matter where it should be, where it is, let me know. Let's bring you on the show. Let's talk about it. Let's talk policy. Let's talk about what you could do better than your opponent or what you think our Republican Party should be doing. Check out my social media, Samuel C. McGuire. We have Facebook, Twitter, Truth, Instagram, Getter, Parler, Telegram, and TikTok. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope all of you guys have a great day, great night. God bless you. God bless America. Take care. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio.